I got into kind of trying to meal prep a little bit. Like I'd make us um, like hard boiled eggs and stuff because we'd have two of those a day, literally hard boiled eggs. So I love it. Meal prepping hard boiled eggs. You boil them for seven minutes. And put no, you them don't. Pre- no, I have the recipe. Didn't I, I tell you? Yes, you've told me. It's they're like, perfect. They're perfect. I know. But I'm, it's funny. Like here's me talking about cooking. Literally talking about boiling. Hard boiled eggs. I'm like, I can hard boil an egg. But you know what? That is kind of meal prepping when you look at a quick, delicious snack that is protein and is good for you. And having that available actually prevents me from eating shitty food. Yeah. If I have nothing else to turn to. Welcome to The Safe Haven. I'm your host, Amanda Lytle. The Safe Haven offers a collection of conversations about life's challenges and the pivots we make in order to keep moving forward. As I evolve and expand as a person and a podcast host, I have learned that creating a safe space is nearly impossible. I don't know what topics or stories may trigger my listeners, but I hold space with love and intention and honor the bravery that it takes not only to share, but to listen to the stories of others. So thank you so much for being here. I would like to begin this podcast by acknowledging that I am recording from the traditional, ancestral, and unceded territories of the Interior Salish people, in particular, the Sinaixt, on whose territory I work and live. The Safe Haven has shapeshifted into a bi-weekly release with alternating bi-weekly releases of a segment called Road Trip, where Jennifer Porter and I have the kinds of chats that you'd have with a bestie on a road trip. Your favorite road warriors are back, and this chat is so good, it is so fun, and it will get you thinking. The majority of the conversation plays with the idea, you just won $60 million. Who have you told, and what have you bought? Buckle up for this laugh-filled ride. But before we jump into today's drive, I wanted to remind you how much we would love it if you could follow The Safe Haven on your podcast app. Leaving a rating or writing a written review helps us find more people and show other listeners and podcasters that we're legit. Every single one helps, so if you haven't done so, we'd be so appreciative if you did. Here we go. Hello, road trip friends. I'm Jen. And I'm Amanda. And we're two adventurous souls with a huge passion for travel and chasing the unordinary. You know those podcasts that you listen to that you feel like you're hanging out on the couch with a friend or on a long road trip chatting with your bestie? That's what we've created and we want you to come along for the ride. Sometimes it'll just be us and other times we'll pick up a friend along the way for some additional insights. In each road trip episode, we'll be sharing a variety of insights and perspectives, lessons and memories from our lives. Sometimes we may cry, but we will laugh way more honoring every emotion that comes up authentically. That is what road trips with your besties are for. So grab a snack, pop in those earbuds, and buckle up. How are you, friend? Great. How are you? Doing pretty well. A little bit of a snowstorm on the drive today. Yeah. Yeah. Mountain driving's a bit tricky in the snow, but we're here for it. We are here for it. You can go through like 19 seasons in one day. It's true. You know what? Actually... This is something that kind of threw me. I think because you and I are seasoned drivers. I mean, we're road warriors, really. Road warriors. And and we're so used to it. So I don't think that it's anything out of the ordinary for us to really drive through 19 seasons in one day. And we're so comfortable with it that a lot of people are like, oh, you're going to go up over a pass today? Why? It's like, well, because I need to go to this destination and I'm going. As long as the road's not closed, I go. Yeah. I actually don't (laughs) look at the road conditions before I go because I'm like, well, I mean, unless I'm going somewhere where it's like, I'm going to be stuck in between, you know, those barricades that come down on like the passes. Has that ever happened? 
I've never personally been stuck, but that would be my worst nightmare. Mm. But yeah, I mean, I just crushed a drive. You are a road warrior. I have been a road warrior throughout Alberta and British Columbia this winter. Uh-huh. You know what I just thought about? What? You and I love a good hoodie. Oh, your salt and pepper tuxedo that's going on right it's now? It's pretty good, right? It's a vibe. Actually, it's a this hoodie vibe. is my new favorite. And this one is from a thrift store, $5.99. Oh, you know what we need to do is what? we need to go thrifting. Totally. All these like little towns that we go through. We don't have a lot of room in the van, but imagine we picked up like a little souvenir. We'd have so many knickknacks on the dashboard. <laughs> on the dashboard, like stick them, obviously, because you've got tape, duct tape and suction cups. So that's sorted. Yeah. But I also think it would be really cool to just start like pinning things to our roof. Yeah. It can happen. It could happen. Mm, create our own wallpaper. And you know, like at thrift stores, you go in and you can find like, it's the most random things, but it'll be like, cheers from Illinois. It'll be the shot glass from like the 1940s on this <laughs> shelf. It's like, well, this came from an estate sale. Yes. <laughs> estate sale. <laughs> well, I was going to say, based on our shared love of comfortable clothing, we could get road warrior hoodies made. Oh, yeah. I'd wear it all the time. We could have road tripping hoodies. Do you know what my dad, he used to drive around all the time and he started a map of all the places that he drove in Ontario. (laughs) And it's so hilarious because he drove everywhere in Ontario and it was really neat to like see it on a map. And I feel like these hoodies or we could have a map of I don't know. It doesn't have to be like real, but it could be like some map with the little van. I think it would be great. That'd be cool. Road well, like, warriors. Road. I know. I think we're onto something. We'll have to come back to this. Put a pin in it. We're coming back. Pin. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Coming back to this idea. Okay. okay. So I thought about something that I wanted to talk about on this drive because oh, as I've been exploring my personal relationships, friendships, family relationships, my relationship to money, my relationship to food. There's a lot of learning, a lot of insights that come up in the process. But when I was thinking about, oh, actually last week, I did this workshop with Nicole Lowe's. If you haven't followed her, very, very important. She's all into somatics and just like nervous system stuff with your body and how reactions and and things feel within your body, getting curious about it. That's literally just the surface of what she does. So dive in. Nicole Lohs, her last name is L-O-H-S-E. So in this workshop, we were examining our relationships to money in particular. Well, other things, but when money had come up, it made me think of a conversation that I had had a couple of weeks ago with a bestie about the transparency of where our financial situations are. And there is no shame in it because I think that we have these ideas in our mind of where someone would be financially and then we judge our own financial situations. And I know for myself that at a core level, there is very much a scarcity mindset and always projecting and worrying about the future. And yet when I look at the things that I've done in my life, I'm like, I've always actually hustled in order to keep my head above water. And so all of that to say, a couple of years ago, a friend from back home had come over and asked us, he's like, So I have a question. This is just to kind of like, you know, play around with the idea of money. And you've never done this. I've done it. I just want to know your answers. So I'm going to throw the questions at you. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, here we go. You just won $60 million. Okay. All right. I'd jump for joy. 
obviously I'd ball my eyes out. I'd be like, is this real life? <laughs> okay. So it is real in this, in this scenario. Okay. It's real. Day one, who have you told and what have you bought? I don't think I tell anybody until like that money is physically in my bank account. Mm. And at that, I don't think I, I think that this would be something that I would keep quite close to me. I don't, I don't know if I would actually tell anybody. Mm. Okay. What would I buy? Hmm. Okay. Actually, wait, pause. Let's just say it's in the bank. You have it. Like you have this money. $60 million is now yours. It's not only in the bank, like it's guaranteed, locked and loaded. Jennifer Porter has $60 million. It's official. 60 million. I, I don't, I still don't think I would tell anybody. Okay. I'd have to sit on it and figure out like, you know, if I won $10,000, maybe sure. I'd be like, yeah, I I want, but like $60 million is such a huge number Mm -hmm. that I'd have to figure out. I think what I would do is go through my family members and be like, you know, okay, figure out where their needs were financially. Like, I don't know my brother and Brittany, like if they had a mortgage, I'd just slide them the money to pay off their mortgage. I think that I'd sit on it for a while. I'd first of all make an appointment with a financial investor mm-hmm. or a financial advisor, I mm-hmm. th- should say, and figure out what to even do. Like, what what do you do with this money? Yeah. And because I could likely invest it and live off the interest. Oh, hell yeah, you could. So, I mean, I'd probably still be driving my Equinox, so I might pay that. I'd probably pay that off. Mm-hmm. And I'd buy a house. Nice. This is all day one, Jennifer. Oh, well, I mean, I couldn't buy a house in a day. <laughs> I mean, Rome wasn't built in a day. <laughs> okay. Day one, I'd think I'd just sit there and like look at my bank account in like pure shock of being like, am I reading this correctly? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's day one. Okay. One week in. It's kind of sunk in a little bit. So now it's week one, 60 million, still in the bank. Who have you told and what have you bought? I think I would just tell my immediate family at this point. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would have bought anything at this point. I probably would contact my realtor friends Mm -hmm. and been like, I'm in the market to buy a house. And they'd probably ask me (laughs) what your budget is. And I'm like, this is what I'm looking for. Okay, back up. Because you just said last night, I would love a tiny home. Do you have like just tiny homes all the way around the world now? Or do you have just like one huge gigantor home? What do you have? What are you looking for? What are you telling your real estate agent friends that you're looking for? Um, I would look for, I mean, the thing is, the bigger the house, the more you have to clean it. And Absolutely. I'm not home a lot. So I'd probably like something that's like maybe 1,500 square feet. Mm, perfect. Like nothing big. Mm-hmm. I envision... A thousand square feet on the bottom level mm. and then a loft mm. that's like the 500 square feet and like have like a nice big bedroom mm-hmm. and like seating area in the bedroom. But where is it? Oh God, I have no idea. Somewhere, <laughs> somewhere in the mountains, like definitely. Yeah. Um, but I think my needs are really quite minimal. Mm. Like I don't, would I be running out and buying a mansion? God, no. Mm-hmm. I might buy two houses. One for me and one as an investment property. Mm -hmm. But at this point, do I even need an investment property? I just want $60 million. No, that's what I mean is that, and that's even what this friend of ours had said was it's $60 million. Like if you invest that properly, you are living off the interest and then some. Like you could live 
the most wild, lush life for the rest of your life and the rest of your family members' lives. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. (sighs) I'd like to think I don't think much of my lifestyle would change except like me going on a snowboarding trip. The level of accommodation that I would book would change. I wouldn't be staying at the travel lodge with a water slide for $109 a night and free breakfast. (laughs) I'd probably get, well, you know, I'd probably go on a heli skiing trip (laughs) and that would be my ski trip. And I would be in this like beautiful chalet Mm -hmm. as they call it. But yeah, I think, I don't think my lifestyle would change that much. Like, Would you still work? Um, I would probably volunteer at this point. Like I'd probably get into like some sort of like international development volunteer I would probably I'd find something that was like near and dear to my heart to make a rather large donation to like a foundation um I don't know maybe I yeah it's just like it's a it's a wild thing to imagine because I don't need and I say this I say I don't need these things but I walk around here wearing you know well my shirt's Patagonia Got the Lululemon pants. You like your brands. I do like my brands. Yeah. yeah. Especially in the job that you've got now. Like you have access to these pretty elite brands at a great price. And why not take advantage of that really? I'd still be like, well, I can get that 60% off. So I'm not paying full price. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I I think to summarize, what would I buy? I'd, I'd look at houses. Yeah. Mm. But I mean, I, it's not like I would be buying these like 15 bedrooms, nine bathrooms. No, totally. Like, no. I get that. So what he'd asked us or like, I, I guess just suggested is he said, this isn't just pocket change. You could buy an island like you could you could buy significant places, you know, including private transportation to these places. Yeah. You know what? I probably I mean, Working with the clientele I've worked with this winter, I think a private jet would probably be in that budget of like, you know, when I want to go somewhere, I can just go. Mm -hmm. And on that, you know, like I'd probably have not elaborate, but like a vacation home in a few places around the world. Mm -hmm. You know, I always think I'm like, oh, you know, I'd love to go back to Japan and snowboard. It's like, well, I'll probably just buy a chalet. (laughs) Why not? Okay, well, the last part of it is essentially just like, you know, one month in. Who have you told? What have you bought? I think you've made that pretty clear. I think, too, what I would do is I would look at, you know, my inner circle of friends. The ones that are like the most nearest and dearest to my heart and be like, what kind of debt are you sitting on? Mm-hmm. Like, just get curious mm-hmm. and essentially just give them a check or give them cash and be like, go pay your debt off. You know what? I thought a lot about that too, but something that really hit me was the idea of being able to invest in people's businesses. So in like, I'll use my brother-in-law as an example. If he needed a new massive like headquarters style, like 12 bay massive garage for not only his trucks, but equipment that he uses, uh, storage for equipment and like machines essentially that he uses as a contractor, that that is now not only in the budget, but that helps his business. Do you know what I mean? So it's the investment in one's business. I was like, you know what? That's really beautiful because it's one thing to just look after someone's debt. I think that it's totally different if you're able to invest in the longevity of their lifestyle by making it 
better for them. Do you know what I mean? Totally. And it's funny you say that about your brother-in-law. I'd probably do that with my sister-in-law. I didn't, mm. I know she's a personal trainer and I'd fund a gym for her mm-hmm. and be like, build what you need, get the equipment you need. Like, obviously I'd be like, show me a business plan. You know, show me what this is going to cost. I'm not just going to like dole out the money, but what do you need in order to create a business Mm -hmm. and potentially, I don't know what it would look like, but it'd be like, I'll pay your salary for a year while you get this up and running. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good point. We're going to take a quick pit stop here for gas. So take a big stretch, jump around, grab something to nourish yourself with and enjoy a quick break while we fill up. I really like the idea actually of, um, like of investing and getting an entire gym because I also look at the ways that like, let's just say in Halliburton, right? Is if you were able, because you would be obviously with 60 million bucks in your pocket, you would be able to invest in not only this big and beautiful gym, but you could also invest in almost like a rec center that she'd be able to work out of, but it could also provide a pool, right? So that it offers almost like a YMCA style thing, but within Halliburton counties that people that come up in cottage there could use like it's just such a give back I think it's really beautiful yeah and I probably would be like you know because their properties on a lake be like build a lakeside studio mm. and capitalize on that sort of thing but I think anything like if I did win a big sum of money I would definitely have to give it would have to be on like a framework of like giving back to the community or you know, I don't know, look at a hospital that's like, okay, what are you trying to fundraise for right now? Mm. It's like, oh, I remember, you know, a radiothon I did with Moose FM and they were, I think, fundraising for a portable x-ray machine at the Halliburton Hospital. So it's just like looking at those sort of things and just giving back. Mm. That's a really beautiful idea, actually. I didn't realize that they had done something in order to yeah, raise money for a portable x-ray machine. You don't realize about little things like that, but I think that the more you'd start investigating and inquiring within these smaller communities, what do they actually need to be able to contribute? <sighs> Love it. I also like that you've talked about hospitals. It makes me think of the aging population and how so much of my own mindset moving forward has been looking at death, dying, infrastructure, grief, palliative care, What is that going to look like moving forward as the baby boomers get older? And so much of what I see my work in, I think, is going to be in that eventually. So when I talk about like my health and wellness centers and creating these beautiful spaces, my brain goes wild thinking about these beautiful places that I could create. I can literally put myself in them. It's funny that you're on this death and dying and baby boomers, which it's true. All these, you live, you die. Yeah. I don't it's, it's been a couple of years that I've had it in the back of my mind that I've been thinking a lot about it. And interestingly enough, it's not as if there's someone in my family who is super sick or on their deathbed or even over the last couple of years that I've had that in my mind. I think it's more just the idea of how can I give back moving forward in my life to a population of people or a generation of people I guess in this case, a couple of generations of people overall, like how could I be of service essentially, you know? And so I keep thinking about that. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know where it's come from. I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know. Kind of planting the seed in my own brain of how I am able to use a skill set that I have, even like my Reiki moving forward. Like what can my services look like for the aging population as they are preparing to transition essentially? 
Very interesting. Mm-hmm. So I know that death scares a lot of people. I've got a friend back home. Oh, anytime there is any conversation around death, dying, palliative care, terminal illness, accidents, you name it. It's like full on anxiety attack, like has to remove herself from the conversation. And I know that death and dying can be very uncomfortable to talk about, but it's necessary. You know, it's very important to talk about it. Well, like basically when you are being born, your parents think about their birth plan and how they would like, if all goes according to plan, what is your birth plan? Mm. Mm -hmm. So that's you coming into the world. But then what is your death plan? Like how, if you get to choose... How do you, do you want to go to a hospital? Do you want to go into palliative care? Do you want to, you know, there's now this medical assistance in death. Mm -hmm. I just hope that death doesn't hurt me. I hope I don't suffer. Yeah, totally. I hope it's quick and painless. Mm -hmm. Like when I've gone out heli skiing, I'm like, well, if I die today, I hope it's quick and painless. I'm like exactly where I want to be at this very moment. Mm, This is really interesting because another thing that I was going to ask you about today or just because this has been on my mind too. This is like so far removed. But a friend of mine was talking about a friend of theirs, a family friend who was given roughly six months to live. But as you know, the first month of that six month terminal like diagnosis, you know, has been given, it's turned into like, you might have a couple of weeks. And that's a lot to digest, you know? So, so what is it that you would want to, and this is like assuming, I guess that you were physically or even financially able to do the things that you wanted to do in your last little bit it almost had me thinking about what you would want to do but I also recognize that that's not always you you don't always have that available and that some people are taken very quickly so yeah it was kind of like a I know that if you were to go heli skiing and something catastrophic happened you're doing something that you really love totally you know I think this conversation is very funny. We started off with what would we do if we won $60 million to now we're writing our death story. <laughs> Here's our brains. Here we Here are. Here we are. I know. I mean, if I got told I had two weeks to live, I'd throw a massive party. Yeah. And put it out on my social networks of mm-hmm. I'm having this massive party. It's here. Like mm-hmm. I want to have a celebration. Mm-hmm. I want people to wear bright colors and drink champagne. Yeah. Perfect. Well, you could wear black because black, like, you know, everybody loves a little black dress, but like, oh yeah, we, we're going to drink coops of champagne, champagne waterfalls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Celebrate. We're going to drink expensive mm. tequila because I've now realized that expensive tequila tastes good. It tastes so good. You can actually sip on it. I know. It's not like this El Himidor stuff. Oh God. Oh, El one Jimmy. Night, one night at the lodge. Oh my goodness. We... We had a few, like we had, um, actually we were drinking real champagne and Mm. we were like, well, you know, we've had a few glasses of champagne. Like, so we got into the nice bottle of tequila. I've heard you're a good time on tequila. Uh, (laughs) Ah, depends on who's listening would have varying (laughs) opinions, but good tequila. We got into the good tequila and, um, yeah, it was a very expensive evening. Mm Mm-hmm. About $450 worth of tequila was, mm-hmm. and that wasn't even a whole bottle. No. Whoopsie daisies. Yeah. Living lodge life. I can't even. <laughs> Literally living lo- like, yeah, because we drink champagne on Saturdays to welcome the new guests. Mm. Just pop bottles. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> Every time I pop the bottle, my mouth salviates. I'm like, mm. salviates. I'm just like, I've been waiting for this moment all week. 
I love how you just said salviates. Oh, I didn't say it right. No. <laughs> I salviate. I salviate. Wait, how do I say it then? Salivate. Salivate. That's it. Okay, so I salivate every time the bottle opens. It's like that. Yeah. The cork pops and I'm just like, mmm. Yeah. It's hard for me to fathom that some of the bottles that are consumed in an evening would be my monthly income. And then some. I know. Yeah. It's wild. Mm -hmm. But that just goes to if I was to win $60 million and I am able to, I'm not buying Al I'm buying the Grand Mayan tequila that comes in the terracotta hand-painted bottle. (laughs) That's absolutely beautiful and smells of nice vanilla aromas. Like... (laughs) That's what I'm buying. Uh-huh. Yep. I'm not drinking Prosecco. No. I'm drinking champagne. So funny. Over New Year's, that was even something that we'd kind of joked about was, well, we have to have some sort of bubbly. And even in my own defense here, even though I knew New Year's was coming, I kind of just dropped the ball on getting any sort of decent bubbly or, you know, getting champagne for New Year's. Gotta admit, it was the Bambino for uh, all of it. There was another bottle of some bubbly stuff that was being passed around, but not going to lie, there was a couple bottles of that. Because often when you're in a group setting, people at the time that New Year's hits don't give a shit what they're drinking. So that's almost the bottle that you pass around and they're like, fuck yeah! (laughs) It's true. At that point, they're probably... Exactly. My soul can't drink that anymore. I don't doubt it. But... Your palate is too mature. (laughs) But my palate, I'm very much still like discovering. I want to take it back actually to winning $60 million. I would hire three people. In your life? Like you would have three employees just for life? I would hire a massage therapist, a hairdresser, and a chef. I get the chef. I hate cooking. You do hate cooking. I hate it. Okay. I do not enjoy it. But the hairdresser... Why does that person have to be hired? Couldn't you just go I'd just go there. Okay. But I just, I I wouldn't wash my own hair. I just love when the hairdresser washes your hair and gives you a scalp massage. You sound like you're kind of turning into what a celebrity would be with $60 million. (laughs) Well, wouldn't I be? Jay (laughs) Poe? The chef I actually get though, because I think even with the lifestyle that you've been living now, even though you are working in it. Having your meals prepared, oh my gosh, when we were talking last week or two weeks ago, whatever it was about love languages, that to me, if I've been busting my butt all day and I have to come home and think about dinner, I give zero shits about it. I'm just like, okay, whatever. Whereas if I have the time and I'm interested in trying something new, but it's not like a time crunch or it's not like eating out of necessity, it's eating because you're interested in trying something or someone gave you a new recipe that they really liked, whatever that's when I can actually really enjoy being in the kitchen. But when it comes down to just the necessity of eating, I'm like, "Mm." I got into kind of trying to meal prep a little bit. Like I'd make us um, like hard boiled eggs and stuff because we'd have two of those a day, literally hard boiled eggs. So I love it. Meal prepping hard boiled eggs. You boil them for seven minutes. And put <laughs> no, you them don't. Pre- no, I have the recipe. Didn't I, I tell you? Yes, you've told me. It's they're like, perfect. They're perfect. I know. But I'm, uh, it's funny. Like here's me talking about cooking. Literally talking about boiling. hard boiled eggs. I'm like, I can hard boil an egg. But you know what? That is kind of meal prepping when you look at a quick, delicious snack that is protein and is good for you. And having that available actually prevents me from eating shitty food. Yeah. If I have nothing else to turn to. 
You know what? You can uh, slice up some green onions and put some paprika on there. And, you know, you got yourself a gourmet hard-boiled egg. That's pretty gourmet. Yeah. You know what I don't like? Deviled eggs. Uh, oh, no. I love them. No. Or pickled. Uh, no. No, oh, no, no. I love, I I love, I love pickled things. There's a book about pickled things. Did you know that? <laughs> a kid's book. I mean, did you know that? Uh, I mean, I'm sure there's a book about it. It's got it. a purple cover. I remember it from my childhood. If Allison's listening, she will know pickled things is a book. Love it. And my dad can read a kid's book. That's where I got my talent. <laughs> there is you, you kind of have to like sing through the song like oh, yeah. do 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 and <laughs> use high pitched voices but um if i could take a pill in the morning that would give me all the nutrients that i would need to get through my day without having to actually well i say this i really enjoy food and beverage i go out <laughs> to me going out for a meal I mean, even when I'm by myself, I just go sit at the bar of a restaurant. I try not to bury myself in my phone. Mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't had Instagram for two months now. So I try not to bury myself in my phone. I just try to like sit there. But I really enjoy the experience of like reading a menu mm-hmm. and looking at what people have and being like, mm, tonight I want Japanese. Like uh, the last week that I was off, I went to a new restaurant in Banff, Shoku. It's a Japanese restaurant. And... Oh my God, it was just unreal. Mm-hmm. Had myself a Negroni. Mm. But I mean, I know how to spend money when I go out for dinner. Trust me, I love cocktails. You're a good spender. Oh, I'm a good spender. I know. I spend money like it's going out of style. Huh. That's my relationship with money though. It's funny, I don't have, I don't have the best relationship with money. I'm not frugal. Like I'm like an instant gratification. I want something, I want it now. Mm. I envision it. It's funny because I was, yeah, going through getting um, some new things online and I need to add some more color to my wardrobe. Everything's black. Oh, we've talked about that though, Mountain Chic. Yeah. So I'm really branching out and going on the beige train. And remember this this morning I went on and I was like, oh my God, this Arteryx coat, it's available in large, in beige, buy it. I mean, I don't really need to wait for it to go on sale because, well, our tariffs won't go on sale and I get it on sale anyways. But I go into a store and like in my mind right now, I'm like, you know, I need some shirts that are like workout tops, mm. but t-shirts that you can wear, like kind of creating a time capsule wardrobe, but like also in the nature of my job, I mean, I run around, but I have to like look business. Pra- so it's like, Lululemon does a great job mm-hmm. and it's like okay in my mind I have it I go to Banff I'm gonna walk into Lululemon and I want these t-shirts because I think that oh you can throw them on with a pair of pants and like you know the outfit can go one of two ways you can go from the gym to the office mm-hmm. with That's not true. much effort in between but like in my mind I'm like I'm going in where do I go to the sale rack no Mm-mm. Because they probably have the same t-shirt that I want on the sale rack, but it's not in black, white, or gray. And heaven forbid I add a bit of color. Yeah. Well, maybe that will be a challenge then is when you actually go back in to be like, Jennifer, no black, white, or gray. Do you know what I've told myself I have to stop buying too? What? So I love Rocky Mountain Soap Company. How many creams does one person need? I don't know. How many? One. <laughs> one. I guess face cream and body cream. Okay, two. two different things. But like, I also live in a place where I need to pack up. 
every two weeks. True. So every, like, that's where I'm like, okay, Jennifer, you are not buying any more, I call them bathroom products. You, they run out, you replace it. I don't need body oil. No. This is where my relationship with money, I'm like, oh, well, I could go and I could get this. And, you know, then I'm like, well, like, I just, I spend money. Mm -hmm. Can you save it? I save money, yes, but I, it's more like, like in the summertime when I was working, doing my wedding planning thing and working at the brewery, I was saving the brewery money. Mm-hmm. I mean, life's expensive and I live in destinations where it's expensive to live and paying rent because I don't own a house because the places that I want to live, well, I don't know how on a single income I buy a million dollar home. I don't know how anyone does it, to if be honest. Anybody yeah. has an anyone answer? single. Mm-mm. Holler at us. Yeah. But like right now, yeah, I'm saving money, but I say I have nowhere to spend it. Trust me, I'll find a place. But I mean, I <laughs> also <life>. spend money <laughs> on, you know, we get staff massages at the lodge for a dollar a minute. I have benefits, so I could wait until my time off. But I'm like, no, I want a massage right now. Mm -hmm. But I do amount that down to self-care. That's really important. And that's really invaluable to me. I do feel a lot relaxed after a massage. And, you know, when you work 14 days in a row, Mm -hmm. 12-hour days, you Mm -hmm. need a massage. Well, how do you feel about hot springs? Love them. Because guess what? Is there some coming up? I've booked us in <gasps> we are going for a massage and hot springs how you feeling stoked should we go if i won 60 million dollars i'd buy the place <laughs> of course let's you go would. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh yeah I'm, I'm ready for this friends we have made it we really appreciate you coming with us thank you so much for being here make sure that you take a big stretch and nourish yourselves today If you had a nice trip today, be sure to follow us on your podcast app and jump back in next week. Tell your friends, they'll fit in the van. We'll gas up, grab snacks, and continue down the open road next week. See you then.